A poorly tuned gas operated rifle is kind of like a poorly tuned guitar. Yes, the sound is coming out, but it's not what you were hoping for. While gas operated rifles are the neatest thing to happen with firearms in the last century or so, they do occasionally require some adjustments to run smoothly and reliably. Fortunately, there are a lot of gas adjustment options out there nowadays, and figuring out what's needed for your rifle isn't terribly complicated. Generally speaking, a rifle or carbine that you pick up off the shelf and go shoot with will work just fine. Whether it's a direct impingement AR-15 or one of the many piston-driven systems out there, anything built to spec by a reputable manufacturer should be able to fire, eject, and feed any factory ammo of the correct caliber at least without issue. With that said, there are still reasons you might consider options to tune a rifle's gas system. Perhaps you have a custom build or a specific ammo type that isn't running as reliably as you'd like, or you'd like to reduce felt recoil by reducing the amount of gas hitting the various moving parts of your rifle between shots. As with most things in the current civilian gun market, there are a heap of gas adjustment options for AR-15s and a handful of options for other rifle and carbine platforms. What you'll want to use will depend on the rifle itself, the gas system it uses, the systems that you're experiencing, and how you prefer to address those symptoms. I will add that reliability and low recoil are not the only reasons you might be messing with the gas system. Weight savings is a hidden extra bonus that can be achieved by using the right adjustment tools, and we'll touch on that as we go. First, a quick overview on the most common gas system out there, which is the AR's direct impingement system, and some common symptoms that can be addressed with gas tuning. So, the AR direct impingement system, it's actually not a true direct impingement system, since the bolt inside the bolt carrier is fitted with piston rings to contain the gas, and that allows the bolt to effectively act as the piston. A better name for the AR's most common gas system might be an expanding gas system, but we didn't start the fire. Direct impingement is the term that stuck, so that's what we'll use today. A lot of keyboard warriors knock the direct impingement system, and might suggest that true piston-driven platforms are somehow superior in every way. As a general rule of the internet, uh, people on forums or message boards with strong opinions on something are usually wrong. One big pro of the direct impingement or DI system of the AR is reduced weight forward of the chamber. You know, because we don't have a large, heavy piston assembly running over the barrel, we have the possibility for lighter firearms overall, but also better balance, better weight distribution. And that matters a lot. If you have a five and a half pound AR, that's great. But if you're comparing like for like between two eight pound platforms, the more weight you have rearward, the better it handles. And the more weight you have forward of the receiver over or in front of the barrel, the more you'll have difficulty handling that effectively. Another pro is that you have less moving mass. While we've reduced the mass overall, by not having a piston system sliding back and forth above the barrel, we've also reduced the amount of overall weight of the rifle that's moving around between shots. So this reduces the overall felt recoil, that impulse of the weight sliding towards you and then away in between shots. And that matters a lot for quick follow-up shots, especially when it comes to uh, fast shooting and tactical training and tactical environments, or in competitive shooting where fast shots really, really matter and you're on the, on the clock for splits. There are cons with the uh, ARSDI system, and one is that the direct gas exposure to the chamber will dirty the bolt face and chamber faster uh, than a piston-driven system would. 
because we're pretty much allowing the gas to enter the space where ammunition is being fed, there is a possibility, although it's more rare than people would have you believe, that the gas fallow-up can cause feeding and firing issues. Another big con of the DI system is that it requires a buffer tube. The buffer tube is not the biggest deal in the world, but for someone like me that prefers to have holding stocks on rifles in general, the buffer tube kind of stinks because it has to be there for the system to cycle properly. If I were to switch to a piston-driven AR or a piston-driven carbine alternative, being able to just fold the stock and still have it operate would be probably one of the reasons that I do that. More often than not, at least in my personal experience, an off-the-shelf or military-issued DIAR will be slightly overgassed. This means that more gas is allowed to enter the gas port of the barrel and into the gas block and back through the gas tube to the chamber than is actually necessary to reliably eject spent casings and feed new rounds from the magazine. Overgassing is generally intentional, and it's to ensure that the weapon remains reliable even if you're feeding it underpowered ammo or subjecting it to harsh environments and letting it get excessively dirty. By intentionally letting in more gas than is needed, manufacturers and armors are basically uh, taking on the increased felt recoil and the more rapid parts wear in exchange for increased reliability. It's a good trade-off for most purposes. You can also have rifles or carbines that are undergassed. This is less common in factory builds, but it happens. Uh, it happens more often with custom setups, where builders have other priorities in mind when selecting components than the balance and reliability of the gas system. An undergassed rifle might work fine when running stout, millispec, or factory ammo, but could run into short stroking or failures to eject a case and feed the next round, commonly called stove piping, when firing underpowered ammo or when a cleaning is long overdue. Now, I don't clean my guns very often, and I still consider my go-to uh, carbine to be on the soft gas side. That sort of works out to mean that it works perfectly when I'm using proper off-the-shelf or mil-spec ammo, but since I have a tendency to shoot cheap Russian steel-cased ammo like Wolf or Tula, the gas system runs a little on the low side for those. I have not had any failures to eject or feed with a mil-spec setup, but that could change very quickly if I let the gun go too long without cleaning or relocation, or if I start messing with the gas system, as I have started to tinker with sometimes. Even if your weapon is perfectly gassed, as I feel my factory BCM carbine was before I started messing with it, you may still have good reason to tweak the gas system. In my case, I wanted to reduce some mass behind the chamber and decided that a lighter bolt carrier and a lighter buffer was the easiest way to do that. I did end up finding a titanium bolt carrier that I like and took some weight out of the buffer assembly, but reducing the mass behind the bolt face can cause the action to start moving too quickly. This will increase felt recoil due to a new snappier impulse after shots and can produce feeding issues as well. If I didn't want to go back to a mil-spec bolt carrier that was twice the weight of my new one, I gotta make some adjustments. Now the easiest place to start for most ARs when it comes to adjusting your gas system would be the buffer and the recoil spring. These both live in the buffer tube, sometimes called the receiver extension tube, and probably my least favorite part of any AR. And they can both be accessed by swinging off the upper receiver and pressing down on that little buffer retaining pin. Most setups today have either a carbine buffer, which weighs about three ounces, or an H1 or H2 buffer, which each weigh an ounce or two more. You generally don't need to swap out the spring, but a heavier spring can slow down the action and make it a bit more consistent, especially if your existing spring is worn out from a hefty round count. If you want to replace your buffer, deciding which weight to go with is pretty easy. If your rifle is overgassed, get a heavier buffer. If it's undergassed, get a lighter buffer. 
Most mid-length 16-inch rifles work perfectly with an H1 buffer, but things like gas port sizes and the type of bolt carrier that you're running can get in the way of a good time. Once you've installed your new buffer, be it lighter or heavier than the buffer it replaced, hit the range with a magazine loaded with two rounds. The reason we're doing two rounds is we're ensuring that, first of all, that the rounds fire properly, that they feed into the chamber properly, and that the bolt is kept open by the empty magazine after that second shot is fired. If both rounds fed and fired properly, the bolt is locked back, and the ejection pattern was roughly perpendicular with the barrel, so about a 3 to 4 o'clock ejection from the ejection port with the right-handed rifle. If all those things happened, then your gas system is dialed in beautifully. If rounds are ejecting forward of the ejection port, you're still a bit overgassed and might need to slow things down a bit more, either with a slightly heavier buffer or with a stiffer recoil spring. Now, buffers and recoil springs might be the easiest way to adjust your gas system for reliability's sake, but many carbine shooters want better from their setup than for it to just feed and shoot reliably. One of the main reasons the AR-15 has become so popular was its lightweight and low recoil compared to contemporary rifle and carbine platforms. As it happens, you can reduce the weight and the recoil even more by making adjustments to the direct impingement components themselves. Adjustable gas blocks are the latest cherry on top with custom-built ARs or ARs that have had a lot of thought put into their component selection. Originally reserved for competition race guns, you'll now find adjustable gas blocks on range blinkers and even defensive fighting carbines. As the first point of entry past the gas port of a barrel, the gas block is in the perfect place to adjust how much gas feeds through the gas tube and to the bolt face of your rifle. You can open the port to let more gas in or close the port to restrict the flow of gas, and usually all you need is a hex key to do that. Tuning an adjustable gas block is similar in concept to tuning your buffer weight, though the method is a bit different. We should still test with magazines loaded with two rounds and firing to confirm that the rounds feed and the bolt is locked back on an empty magazine. The ejection pattern will again help us determine if the rifle needs more or less gas once that feeding reliability is confirmed. If your gas block allows for very precise gas flow adjustments, I recommend tuning it with the lowest power ammo that you typically shoot. This will cause full power match and fighting ammo to feel a bit overgassed, but not enough to impede on shootability or the carbine's overall performance. We're going for reliability first, and then minimize weight and recoil impulse second. I feel that the coolest thing about adjustable gas blocks is that they can afford the opportunity to regulate mass as well as gas. Since you have such precise control over your gas flow, you might be able to more reliably run a skeletonized bolt carrier group without having to run a heavier buffer. Cutting back on that reciprocating mass will make the rifle feel way lighter in hand, but it'll also cut down on felt recoil, since you have less weight swinging around between shots. Gas block manufacturers typically have their own recommendations for what buffer setup to run, but in general you'll do well with a super lightweight buffer and a heavy spring to maximize the recoil improvements made possible by a properly tuned gas block. There are lightweight buffers on the market, but you could also just use a roll pin punch to pop open your existing carbine buffer and remove the weights that are inside. There are going to be instances where you want to make fine adjustments to a rifle or carbine, but don't want to make the leap to an adjustable gas block and swapping buffer weights might not be getting the job done for you. This might be because you're working with a duty gun or a fixed gas block and don't have the tools or possibly the permission to put an adjustable gas block in place. In my case, I didn't want to swap out my BCM's gas block because, to be honest, I'm too lazy and too bad with tools to trust myself with the task. This is my only carbine and I use it for everything, so I can't have it be out of commission just because I messed up the gas block installation. So I had to look for another option to do the fine tuning that I wanted to do. 
Now, there are two main alternatives to gas adjustment outside of the carbine buffers and adjustable gas blocks. The oldest alternative is the Voltor A5 system, which was designed specifically for use by some U.S. Marine units. The Voltor A5 is a proprietary buffer system that requires a special A5 buffer tube. This can be kind of a blessing in disguise since you can bump up to a 7 position A5 tube instead of the typical 5 or 6 position carbine tubes. An A5 buffer is longer than a carbine buffer and has a unique weight design inside. I won't get into that now, but you can choose from several unique weights to get the exact setup for your carbine's needs. And in general, this will bring the same benefits as a buffer swap, along with a slightly smoother operation, both in charging and gas action between shots. The last option for direct impingement guns is the one that I'm tinkering with now, and that's a bolt carrier with an adjustable gas key built in. This is nice because you're working with a component that can be installed or removed without tools. You just slide out the old carrier, swap the bolt into the new one, and slide the new complete group into the receiver. Gas adjustments are typically made through the ejection port, so there's no takedown needed there. At the time of posting this, I'm still messing with my 2A armament titanium regulated bolt carrier to work reliably with the underpowered wolf ammo that I typically shoot. American factory ammo like Federal and Sierra Match King rounds tend to feed and cycle just fine with my current setup, but I think I need to take the weights out of my carbine buffer to lighten up the action enough to properly feed that weaker Russian stuff. When I wasn't short stroking or stovepiping, I found that this regulated bolt carrier worked just as well as an adjustable gas block to minimize felt recoil. And the titanium carrier the gas key is mounted on has the added bonus of shaving off a lot of the weight to the rear of my receiver. We'll see if I can manage to make the setup work reliably or if I'll be forced to go back to my tried and true mil-spec carrier. I'm certainly not giving up the cheap stuff or living with any reliability issues long term. So those are the various options available today for gas adjustment in direct impingement ARs. If your rifle or carbine of choice doesn't use a direct impingement gas system, you're not necessarily out of luck when it comes to gas adjustment, but your options are almost certainly going to be more limited. Piston ARs are not a new thing, and alternative carbine platforms with piston systems have been around for even longer. Even piston-powered rifles with adjustable gas systems built in have been around for some time. The FN-FAL has a gas regulator based on that of the Soviet SVT-40, which was designed back in the 1930s. Rifles and carbines today that come equipped with a piston gas key still have the easiest way to adjust gas flow. You can usually tune it by hand without any disassembly, so no tools or field stripping required. They tend to not have as many adjustment levels as a purpose-built adjustable gas block, but they do the job when it comes to minimizing recoil on clean rifles or ensuring reliability when dealing with harsher environments or untrustworthy ammunition. If you want to stick to AR-like ergonomics but want an adjustable piston system to go with it, you have more options today to scratch that itch than ever. Complete rifles like the FN SCAR and the over-promised and under-delivered Bushmaster ACR give you a couple positions, mainly for switching between suppressed and unsuppressed shooting. Piston AR uppers from Primary Weapons and Patriot Ordnance Factory will mate up with any mil-spec lower receiver and give you a couple more adjustment levels, allowing for reduced recoil with stout ammo or increased gas flow when the ammo or rifle condition needs more gas to ensure reliable cycling. Pretty much the only modern piston-driven platform left out of the gas adjustment party was the AK. If you've owned an AKM or AK-74-based rifle in the past, you were probably dealing with an overgassed operation with nothing available to address it. Well, even that is changing nowadays thanks to startup shops like KNS Precision coming out with adjustable piston assemblies that drop right into your Kalashnikov. Now, I don't have first-hand experience with this, but my wife is an AK shooter, so I'll see if I can talk her into trying one out. 
She's more of the rifle is fine philosophy though, so I probably won't be able to make it happen. We'll see. That's enough gas talk for me. Uh, thanks as always for tuning in. If you like what we're doing here, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave Range Talk a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you found us. If you have a tuning suggestion that I missed, you can remind me on Twitter using the hashtag Range Talk. If not, stay safe, and we'll talk again soon. <laughs>